welcome to Back in Control Radio with Dr. David Hanscom. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Back in Control Radio with Dr. David Hanscom. I'm your host, Tom Masters, and returning to the show today is Dr. James Taylor, who is studying how cannabinoids can help patients moderate or eliminate their pain. Welcome. Thank you, Tom. Jim, welcome back to the show. I introduced, had Jim on last week, and he's an anesthesiologist, or certified. He's been doing pain management for about eight or nine years in North Carolina in the Pinehurst area. And he and I have become friends through meetings and working together and trading ideas for a, a while. And I love Jim's approach because he's always looking for new innovative ideas and he never stops. So as much as I'm looking for new ideas, Jim continually challenges me on this whole topic. So we have great conversations and I've just learned a lot. In the first podcast we had with him, we talked about sort of the basic mechanism of um, medical marijuana or CBD and compared it to other things like opioids, et cetera. And I wanted to ask him today more about his clinical experience with it, how it's going, how it's affected his narcotic dosing, and really focus a little bit on anxiety also. So anyway, Jim, welcome back, and I'm excited to have our conversation continue. All right, thanks for having me. So the question I want to ask, you had mentioned when, when we met years ago that the CBD into your practice really energized your whole care of patients with you personally. And what did you see about the CBD initially that gets you so excited? Mm -hmm. Well, you know, when we first brought it into our clinic, uh, we wanted to study it on a hundred patients. And so we found a hundred of our favorite patients, the ones we communicate best with. So it probably wasn't a very good study, but we just wanted to, to find out what it did and what it didn't do. And we learned a lot from that initial observational study. Um, and our patients came back to us and told us three main things. One, they were sleeping so much better that their okay. sleep went from about six hours to um, from 4.5 hours to six hours a night. Okay. It might not sound like a lot, uh, but for a person who's chronically sleep deprived, uh, having that extra hour and a half of sleep, and they told us that they woke up from their sleep uh, fresher. Uh, their mind wasn't as cloudy as it had been before. Uh, so sleep was the number one thing we saw. Uh, the second thing we saw was a uh, decrease in anxiety. Uh, folks would just say it just felt like the world was kind of lifted off their shoulders. Uh, and, you know, patients in chronic pain uh, have a lot of anxiety uh, and they have a lot of pain flares and their anxiety kind of goes up and down and it's like a roller coaster. Um, some folks can predict it, others it kind of rules them. But they were coming back and saying, once they had the, the CBD, that all of a sudden they were finding themselves reaching for their bottle of CBD rather than re reaching for a benzo or a glass of wine or a shot of liquor. That they, this was their go-to thing to stay calm and relaxed uh, in those moments that they could feel themselves starting to kind of spin out of control. And for us, that was great and very interesting uh, because we looked at that as risk reduction. Uh, all of a sudden, if my patient's not drinking alcohol while they're consuming a pain medication and they're using CBD, which has no lethal dose, does not affect respiratory depression, um, we thought this was pretty neat because uh, we're accomplishing a couple of different things and reducing one another medication our patients may take and replacing it with a plant-based uh, preparation. Yeah. So that's fantastic. I mean, and I, you and I do think the same way about pain, that chronic pain is complicated. So it's affected by stress, by sleep, by physical conditioning, medications, life outlook, all these things make a difference in pain. And I like the comment you made that, okay, I'm not taking CBD to solve chronic pain, 
because that's what you deal with. You deal with the pain clinic, but we know that sleep is a huge component of people having chronic pain. We know that lack of sleep actually increases inflammation, et cetera. And we're also finding out, I think you and I have been finding out the last couple of months through this discussion group we're having that every chronic disease from anxiety, depression, Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, cardiovascular disease is all related to an inflammatory process. It's fascinating. And we know that lack of sleep actually increases inflammation. We know anxiety is actually a sign of inflammation. It's not necessarily, essentially the cause, it's the result of this threat. We also know that solving chronic pain is basically developing a sense of safety versus threat because it changes your body's chemistry and it changes the inflammatory response. So I know we probably don't know the answer to this, but we know that <clears throat> cannabinoids are actually anti-inflammatory. And I'm, I'm curious, I hadn't really heard that before until I talked to you that, and again, the mechanism of cannabinoids, we can debate whether it's on the nervous system centrally or on you know, anti on the inflammatory process. And we know, we know, of course, THC works on the brain. So I'm just curious about this whole, if anxiety is inflammatory and THC is an anti-inflammatory, I'm just curious what your thoughts are on that. The anti-inflammatory component, um, it, when we use, and think about CBD, uh, for me, I, I think about a joint, a knee joint, and we have a patient that has osteoarthritis. We know that he has a lot of inflammation in this particular joint. The way we usually try to attack it um, from a cannabinoid standpoint is uh, taking internal CBD, so a tincture uh, that's absorbed internally, uh, so it affects the endocannabinoid system and directly starts to uh, reduce those inflammatory um, cytokines uh, at that location, uh, as well as we topically. So we have a balm that we also recommend for patients to put on topically. Even though we don't think the balm <clears throat> actually penetrates uh, the skin and soft tissues to get down into the joint, um, there are so many endocannabinoid receptors uh, on the skin, we feel it's, it's more of a cascading event, that you stimulate the, 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 the skin receptors, those receptors tell the next endocannabinoid receptor underneath that it's been stimulated. So it's passing this message along that there are phytocannabinoids modulating this immune system. Uh, so we find when we kind of combine the topical with the internal, we get much superior results than just internal alone. Um, so the mechanism of action kind of eludes us. There's some really good studies that propose uh, where this is occurring. Uh, but once again, I'm not one of those academicians. I'm a clinician. And for me, it's what's happening clinically with my patient. Uh, and does the patient perceive that the inflammation has been improved? Uh, yes, they do perceive that. And uh, along with the pain being reduced as well. Um, never seems to go away completely. Uh, when you have bone rubbing on bone, I don't care how much of the inflammation you take away, you still have pain. Uh, and so getting that into the individual's head that we may be stopping the inflammation and the deterioration of that joint may be slowed um, and you may not progress to a total knee in the next three years, it may be in the next eight years, um, but you're going to be more comfortable and functional uh, until that is needed. And, and, and that's kind of thinking about cannabinoid medicine a little differently than you typically think about a, a pharmaceutical medication. So there is data that shows that the cannabinoids directly affect the inflammatory process? Yep. Okay. So that could be, I think the point I'd like to bring across today to the audience, which has been an interesting shift for me in my brain, is that you have a cannabinoid system, 
I think that if you're decreasing anxiety from what I'm learning here last few months, that you're decreasing inflammation. And there's still that sort of mythology that cannabinoids are going to just calm you down and decrease anxiety by a direct mental alteration effect. And CBD does not have, does not alter your mental status at all. Correct. Right? Correct. Okay. So the mechanisms act, so some other mechanism, and of course the cannabinoid system is massively huge. I'm surprised that medicine hasn't taken advantage of this, you know, many years ago. So I'm excited that we're exploring this now much more carefully and that the potential for different interventions and different types of combinations is really, really very high. But the effect that also affects the inflammatory system directly, and we're now finding out that anxiety actually is an inflammatory process, I'm finding this pretty darn intriguing. Mm -hmm. Because when I was in practice myself, so I'm doing this on my own, we had all sorts of people on high, high dose narcotics, over a thousand milligrams of morphine a day, and I used benzodiazepams, Xanax and Valium and Ativan, and anxiety is crippling. It's brutal. It's the worst part of chronic pain. And so as I kept them on the same dose of opioids, and we started to do the exercise review exercise to calm them down, why we used the benzodiazepams as an interim process to help people get off their opioids. So they first of all had, they first of all had control of their drugs. So having control helps decrease anxiety. Of course, Valium helps decrease anxiety. And right now it's really difficult in the society actually to give benzos and um, opioids in the same process. So I'm excited that the cannabinoids are a potential process to help people decrease their anxiety while they start healing their brain and their whole chronic pain process because it, it is a multi-pronged process. So you mentioned the combination in your practice about the choice of the benzos versus opioids. And you also have discussed how your overall average dose of narcotics has started to go down with your old, with your multi-pronged approach. Could you discuss that a little bit with us? Sure. Yeah. Over the last two and a half years, we have about a thousand patients that are taking CBD on a regular basis. And we've been able to watch those and, and get retrospective data in understanding what's happening with them. Uh, and for us, it's been uh, very interesting to watch the amount of morphine milligram equivalent or MMEs uh, that a patient's on. Um, uh, decrease. Uh, two and a half years ago, those patients uh, were on about an average of about 90 MMEs. Uh, and now that seems to have gotten down to the 40 to 50 range. Wow. I know there's a lot of other things, uh, social pressures, um, pharmaceutical pressures, everything kind of pushing that. But it's, it, there's a difference between our patients on CBD and the ability for them to get down uh, to lower MME versus those that aren't. Uh, and so that's been very exciting to watch. And for us, watching those patients move in that direction uh, always makes us feel uh, that we're practicing safer medication, that our patients will have a less uh, likelihood of, uh, of having untoward events. And I know you've seen the, um, these patients not only drop their, I mean, the world looks at chronic pain as something to be managed, not cured. And as you know, we've seen lots of patients just go to pain-free and come off narcotics completely, or they're like four Vicodin in a day or something like that. So it's pretty minimal. And so it's been, I think, incredibly inspiring to watch people thrive. And so I think with the cannabinoids in that process as an adjunct that's relatively, I think, almost risk-free. I think your comments about interact, interacting with the medications was very appropriate. But again, as they start feeling better, they start also coming off all the other medications also. Because we also know as you start feeling better, your blood pressure drops, right? And all sorts of things start to happen. That's pretty interesting. 
So you also started with which, sorry, uh, I was just looking at a patient uh, that I was seeing the other day and I looked back at their blood pressure before they had gotten on CBD and it ranged in the like 159 over 89. Uh, and now uh, it's in the 120s over 60s. Right. And what have you changed? Well, he hasn't changed anything other than being on CBD. So now, you know, having that conversation with him, of now I need you to go back to your primary care and the medication that you're currently taking for blood pressure, see if we can start reducing that. You need to take this back to your doctor and see, can we start reducing it? Um, and uh, very rewarding. It, it's not pain management, but this is what we're seeing in pain management as we're right. starting to positively affect people's health. Right. So I also hear you saying, which I think is critically important, is that you're not saying, let's take CBD, we're gonna solve your pain. So you're saying let's take CBD to help some sleep, to help some anxiety, to help give you some hope and optimism. Those are all parts of pain. So I think, as you know, in medicine, one of the biggest mistakes we've done is say, well, let's try meditation, we're going to solve your pain. Well, it helps. Or let's take CBD to solve your pain. Again, it's an adjunct to it. So I hear you saying very clearly, CBD is not here to take away your chronic pain. It's not a pain medication. That's correct. You know, but it's definitely, I like to think of it as that natural supplement that you can take to make your body uh, deal with whatever painful uh, situation you have going on. And it allows you to start healing yourself. And so for me, I look at CBD as just one of many of the, the legs of the stool that are needed to hold this up. You know, Diet modification, so important. Movement therapy, so important. That psychological well-being, uh, so important. Your spiritual health, also right. important. All these things are what contribute. Is somebody going to perceive they're in chronic pain and it's adversely affecting their life? Or are they able to deal with it in a very, uh, you know, um, not superhuman, but the way a superhuman is supposed to deal with it appropriately and be able to live a functional life? Um, and and that's where it's been interesting to watch our pain clinic change from a clinic where you come in and you just have 15 minutes and you talk and we give you all these great ideas and send you back out to the world versus moving to group visits uh, where we spend an hour and a half with a group of people teaching them, teaching them all the ways to eat better, move better, live better so they can we can make sure they have those supporting um, mechanisms along with cannabinoids uh, to get them to a more comfortable place. Now you mentioned you had about 4,000 patients in your practice. Did I hear that right? Yes, sir. And you said about 1,000 of them are on CBD? Yep. So it's not 100% of patients are on CBD. No, and, uh, and the, those thousands that are taking CBD, 500 take a product that we formulate and uh, we make, and the other half take products that they find on the internet or somewhere else. So for us, that's great because it gives us much more uh, diversity in looking at what are different cannabinoids and different preparations and different types of CBD. How do they work compared to what we have been growing in North Carolina and we've put in our product? So... Right. And again, the emphasis, you know, uh, Dr. Taylor's clinic is not a CBD clinic. It's not just a pain clinic. It's a healing clinic. You're helping people to heal. And again, I love your attitude of just find out what can I do next to help make this process better. And again, his diligence at looking at CBD, he's been a lot of effort in it. Um, it's really admirable to actually bring this whole process into um, a practicality. It's wonderful. So with the group visits, I, you know, I flew back to North Carolina about a year and a half ago, and we talked about the doc project. And Jim's got a wonderful team, incredible people. Uh, Jerry's nurse practitioner who, who organized it. Dr. Jay did a lot of the um, 
you know, organization from the computer programming and tracking. And then I met his whole team of primary care and nurse practitioners and PAs who were wonderful. So can you share this a little bit how the group visits, I understand it are once a month, there's about what, 10 to 12 people per group? 15. Mm-hmm. And the idea was to go for a year. And it came out of the idea that I've been doing these workshops back in New York, you know, for about 10, eight years um, with my wife and daughter, myself, basically an experience where people are in a group in a structured setting and literally almost every visit, every session, why people go to paint free during the week they were there. And we finally finally realized it wasn't me or any magic formula. People actually heal each other. That seems like to be the one of the biggest factors be people heal each other. So in your situation, we, um, Jerry worked incredibly hard putting this curriculum together. Um, it was once a month for a year. Um, could you tell us about that experience a little bit, what your observations about how that's been going? And Right. Yeah. At the beginning, uh, it was a, a little struggle. Uh, people were a little apprehensive about talking about their medical conditions in front of others. Uh, and, and people just had a lot of guard. Uh, and I remember... Uh, in their first group visit, uh, only one person dropped out and he just said, he just didn't want to be there. He he was not going to tolerate having to sit there and listen to other people talk. And he came back and told us that. And we said, well, you try it again. Well, he's now our best group visit person. So people kind of revolt at first. Oh, they just don't feel comfortable. But once they're involved and they start creating those relationships and that connectivity, you can't break them apart. So David, you know, we finished that first year, those 12, um, you know, lessons and that group did not want to disband. They said, we'll start over again and do the 12 lessons again. <laughs> need them. Uh, we started sounding more like AA, uh, but we decided to go ahead and, and, and create another year's worth of new content just because of so many things that you're doing and others uh, that we can learn from to add uh, to the mix uh, to continue to help guide folks to all the options they have. So to see these folks come together and need each other more than they need me, uh, that's great. That's perfect. That's what we want, I think, as physicians is to empower our patients uh, to heal themselves, to take care of themselves, to work in communities so they need us less. Come to us when you really need us uh, because we have great acute care medicine in this country. Our right. chronic care medicine, I think, has a lot of growing to do. Uh, right. So, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm also sure that your, primary, that your providers are enjoying this more because I know when I do these workshops back in New York, um, just the energy of the group is just it's very contagious. I mean, I, I come out of this so inspired with people getting better and they're excited and it changes the energy because when you're doing chronic pain, I did this for years also where you see patients every 15 minutes, you feel medications, they're not connecting with other people. We're, we're in a little bit of a rush. And then as a physician, when I actually ask doctors, how the, the research shows that only 20% of physicians are comfortable treating chronic pain and less than 1% actually enjoy it. And I'll give lectures to a large group of pain physicians and I'll ask them, well, how many of you enjoy treating chronic pain? And out of a group of a hundred people, maybe two people raise their hands. Yeah. So it's a bummer for, it's a bummer for everybody. Bummer for the doctor because it just wears them down. It's a bummer for the patient because their doctor is not necessarily excited about them being there. And so those group sessions, I think are extremely energizing for everybody. Mm-hmm. That's really interesting. So they, they did not want to break up. That, do not want to, will not have it. <laughs> <laughs> well, just will not have it. No, that's great. So, Jim, I'd like to finish up here. Just, just just take a step back and think about your practice now. You've added in 
uh, I just, just compared to five years ago, compared to the last six months, just stepping back and just sort of give us a big picture of how things have changed and what you're looking forward to in the future. Yeah, uh, well, you know, cannabinoids have really just turned things upside down for uh, not only our practice of medicine, moving for, to group visits and uh, exploring this neuroplasticity and what hope is and that giving our patients hope is much more powerful than ever giving them a pill um, and then helping uh, these patients think themselves uh, out of uh, their pain and out of their current circumstance. Uh, one story, a gentleman came back from Iraq uh, with PTSD and a lot of pain uh, from an IED, and he could only drive from his home to his place of work. And if his wife asked him to go get bread, he'd just go into a, a major panic attack and just could not do it because of this unconscious you know, fear of, uh, you know, an, another explosion. Well, after being on CBD for about three months, he came back and said, Doc, I can now go to the grocery store. I can drive anywhere. I realize I'm in the United States. There are no IEDs. I'm not in this war zone. Um, and so for that neuroplasticity to help, that new, laying that new foundation where you circumvent those old tracks that are kind of keeping you stuck in old ways of thinking uh, is revolutionary. Uh, and if I can change the mind, uh, I can change person's perception of reality, which really can change anything. The sky's the limit. So for me, there's where a lot of interesting things are going to happen in the future. I think uh, working more with the power of the mind and how endocannabinoids uh, can help the mind grow in ways we never expected it to. I think the world is just changing too fast. Uh, for our brains and our minds to, to be able to adjust to the technology moving at lightning speed. So to have cannabinoids and other things that help, you know, neuroplasticity uh, so you can keep up and stay, you know, engaged as long as possible, uh, I think are going to be critical. Uh, you know, that's one of the reasons we have a product called Ritual X. And the reason we call it Ritual X is because one, we think taking cannabinoids should be a daily ritual. And we really want young people to take it. When you're young and healthy and your body is in perfect energy and homeostasis, you need to be taking cannabinoids to stay that way, to prevent these inf inflammation right. uh, markers and other things to start eating their way into your health and making you unhealthy. Uh, and if you can prevent these diseases from ever happening, um, then you'll be ahead of the game. So I think that's the future is cannabinoids, taking them as a nutritional supplement to prevent disease. Then the kind of our approach we have now is what is your problem? And let's use cannabinoids to try to reverse problems that took 30 years to develop. Uh, it's a daunting task. And it's always, I think in medicine, we're always looking at things the wrong way. Uh, and it's because the patient comes to us with a problem and now we're trying to correct the problem versus trying to prevent the problem from ever happening in the first place. So I know the audience can't see Jim, but the fun part about this whole thing is you just watch them to get totally energized when you watch what's happening. And, and it is, that's what keeps me going too. You see people without hope regain hope and start moving forward and healing is incredibly contagious. And so your, uh, your enthusiasm is contagious. I love it. And uh, I really, really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. And I think we'll talk again soon pretty shortly. This is, this is really good stuff. So I really appreciate this. I appreciate all your good work, David. So. I'd like to thank our guest, Dr. James Taylor, for being on the show today and for sharing his insights into the clinical use of cannabinoids to control or eliminate pain. I'm your host, Tom Masters, and I want to remind you to return next week for another episode of Back in Control Radio with Dr. David Hanscom 
And in the meantime, be sure to visit the website at www.backincontrol.com. Thanks for listening today and join us next week for Back in Control Radio.